Praise the Lord. This morning we're going to read in the book of Exodus chapter 33, if you'll look there with me. Exodus chapter 33. We're going to read a few verses here, beginning with verse number 11. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. Thou hast also found grace. In my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, Carry us not up hence, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen." This is uh, an account of, of uh, Moses' uh, prayer and his relationship with the Lord. And how that he, over the course of his life, developed uh, a closer and closer relationship with the Lord. Even to the point that he said, now it's like I can, I can talk to you like you're my friend. We commune like friend to friend face to face. But I want you to just take notice, though, in the life of, uh, uh, of, of Moses that he, he did not uh, come to this place in a matter of a short time, but it was a process of time. He grew in his fellowship and his relationship with the Lord, and that's the way that it should be and always is. You know, when we uh, have little small children in our home, uh, 
course, ours are all grown and uh, have children of their own now, but uh, uh, you, you teach little children little prayers. You teach them how to pray over their, at their mealtime. And a lot of times they'll memorize a little prayer and uh, it's just, you know, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food, and that's, that's about it. It's a simple little prayer uh, that they pray. The same thing at uh, bedtime. The children are taught little uh, simple prayers, and um, uh, those prayers are, are just, you know, it's just out of memory, and it's not really so much heartfelt. It's just teaching them to acknowledge that at bedtime, you need to consider God. And whenever you partake of a meal, you need to acknowledge that God is the one that has provided uh, for you. And so I know that it's, it's really like uh, repetition and they just memorize these little verses and these little prayers. And you wonder, does it really make a difference? But I believe it does make a difference because it instills into them that there are certain things about uh, our lives that we need to acknowledge God uh, on a regular basis. And, uh, and so even though it may not be a heartfelt prayer, even though it may just be from memory, uh, it, it yet is the beginning of their acknowledging that they need God uh, in, their, in their life. Now that was the kind of a prayer that Moses prayed at the beginning of his fellowship with God, his relationship with God. At the very beginning, if you remember, Moses, and, uh, his life was preserved because his parents said, he's a goodly child. We are not going to throw him to the, to the river. We're going to save his life. And they put their own lives at risk uh, to do that. But God miraculously uh, preserved Moses' life. And you know the story how that he ended up in Pharaoh's house, Pharaoh's daughter, had compassion upon Moses as a little baby and took him into uh, to, uh, uh, the household of Pharaoh. And that was, that was his growing up experience. He grew up in a basically a heathen, pagan uh, environment and growing up in Pharaoh's palace. I mean, uh, Pharaoh, uh, the Egyptians had many, many hundreds of gods. They worshiped pretty much everything, including Pharaoh. Pharaoh thought that he was a deity. He believed he was God. That's why he would become so angry if anyone ever uh, stood up to him and rejected what he was saying because he believed he was a God uh, that deserved uh, to be worshiped. So that's the kind of environment that Moses grew up in. And uh, we can only uh, believe that uh, those early years of his life when uh, his mother became his physical nurse to take care of him, that surely in those early years of his life, his mother must have instilled some God consciousness in him, an awareness of God, of the true and the living God, so that when he grew up, it was so much in him that the Bible says that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy all of the riches and uh, the advantages uh, that was given to him in Egypt. So he rejected uh, 
his growing up experience and, uh, that was godless, and, and he chose rather to follow the true and the living God. That's really his early years. He didn't have much of a relationship with God at all. But then uh, Moses, um, God begins to speak to Moses and to call him to this amazing task of being a deliverer for Israel. Last week we talked about pray like Jonah. And today I want to talk about pray like Moses. Praying like Moses. Because in the beginning of Moses' fellowship and relationship with the Lord, it wasn't all that great. It really wasn't. It was almost as, as weak as those little childhood prayers that I was talking about. Because whenever God began to speak to Moses about his calling, um, it was like um, Moses' response to the Lord was, Who, me? Me be a deliverer for Israel? Surely you mean someone else. Why don't you call somebody else? And then he said, How can I go up before Pharaoh? How can I ever do this task? Uh, they won't listen to me. And then he said, who will I say sent me? And I mean, he has all these doubts. And, and uh, uh, his, uh, he doesn't believe. He says, Lord, why are you going to send me? I'm not eloquent. My speech uh, is slow. My tongue is slow. Uh, and he was listening. His early prayers were prayers of pretty much unbelief. And uh, without faith. And that's really how immature praying is. It's full of unbelief. It's full of, uh, uh, you know, kind of self-centered ways. And, and uh, it was all about him and all about his fears and his, his weaknesses and his lack of faith. As far as the calling and the task that was before him. I'm so thankful that... Um, that when we see ourselves like Moses saw himself, weak and unqualified and uh, unable to do the task, that's not how God sees us. Amen. That's not how the Lord sees us. He sees us, according to Stephen, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 22, when he was talking about Moses, he said, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in word and deed. And so he saw himself as weak and slow to speak. And, and uh, he saw all the reasons why that he couldn't be used of God. But God sees us not from that perspective, uh, perspective but he sees us uh, uh, as how we can be and what we can become when the call of God comes and when we walk in obedience to the voice of the Lord, he doesn't see what we are. He sees what we could be if we were touched of God and anointed of the Spirit of God. He sees like the song Terry Robinson wrote that we used to sing. He sees what we can be when the Spirit touches us. When the Spirit of God touches us. Not what we are, but what we can be. And so Moses' early prayers were pretty pitiful. They were pretty full of unbelief, pretty weak prayers. But you know, um, 
I, I want to encourage you because some of you that might be, you know, feeling like your prayers are, are pretty pitiful and weak and, and not really powerful at all, I want you to know that, that, that as we call upon the Lord, as we, as we enter into times of prayer, and this month we've been encouraging everyone to, to pray and to focus their prayers upon the lost and on those that are on your heart that the Lord has burdened your heart with that are in great, great need. Don't think that your prayers are weak. But instead, allow the Lord by His Spirit to develop you and to strengthen you so that you're praying prayers that are powerful and mighty through God. Amen. doesn't take very long. Moses uh, leads the children of Israel out of, of the bondage of Egypt. He leads them across the Red Sea in a mighty miracle. The Bible says they went out with, their, with a high hand. I mean, they left Egypt in real victory. And then God opened the Red Sea for them and closed it back on the armies of Pharaoh and destroyed them and they drowned in the sea. And I'm telling you, one victory after another. Moses is learning some important lessons when it comes to calling upon God and trusting God until Moses becomes a person at a next level of prayer. Amen. That he understands what it is to really pray and to make an impact through the power of prayer. He leads them out to Mount Sinai and that there is the place that the Lord calls him to go up to uh, the, the top of the mountain. And he goes up and is there receiving a revelation from God. God literally with his finger wrote the law of God on those tablets of stone. And he had a revelation in the presence of God. He had such a, uh, an experience in the presence of God and that Moses' face literally shone because of his encounter with God. I mean, he's a long way from that, that uh, uh, young man on the back of the desert uh, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep uh, and having those encounters with God where he's doubting himself and he's wondering, how could I ever be the person that could deliver uh, Israel from the bondage of Egypt? He doubted himself and all of his prayers and all those early encounters with God were full of doubt and unbelief. But now Moses is having a personal encounter on the top of the mount with God. He's had this wonderful experience uh, with, with the Lord and uh, comes face to face. That's what our text said, that, that he, he communed with God face to face. You want to pray like Moses? If you want to pray like Moses, then that means start where you are right now and allow God to develop you and to mature your prayer. Amen. You know, an immature prayer is a prayer that's kind of like a child. It's kind of simple. It's kind of self-centered. It's a sad thing when all of our prayer is about us and uh, self-centered. Um, uh, but when you mature in prayer, you become more like Moses. And you pray like Moses prayed. And you have concern and compassion for others that are in their need. You remember the story that Moses is coming down off the mount with the 
the tablets of stone in hand, and he hears something going on in the valley. And the children of Israel have decided they waited all they wanted to wait and longer, and they decided, we're going to do this, we're going to take this into our own hands. And so they took all of their ornaments that they had carried out of Egypt, and they melted them down, and they made a golden calf. And they were celebrating and worshiping and dancing, and I mean, it was a big party, and Moses hears what is going on, and, and he comes down, and he's so angry at their uh, idolatry that he throws the stones down and they are broken. And then he asks Aaron, what's going on here? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Why? What's happening here? And Aaron says, well, we just took all the ornaments that we brought out of Egypt and we just, we just, uh, we threw in the fire and this calf just walked out of the fire. And, um, it's just amazing what's happened. And, uh, Moses, um, then, um, uh, he literally grinds that golden calf down to dust. He mixes it with water and makes the children of Israel drink it and says, so you like idolatry, do you? You can just drink it. And the whole nation no doubt was sick because they had drunk uh, the, uh, the water mixed with the, the gold dust. And... Uh, not only was Moses angry, but God was angry as well at their idolatry. He is so angry at them that he says to Moses, Moses, I, I'm going to destroy all these people. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to completely wipe them out. I'm going to start back with you. Just like I gave the promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to, I'm going to start with you and let you go in and partake of the, of the land of milk and honey. And, and I'll start the, this nation with you because I'm going to wipe out all of these idolatrous people. I'm going to wipe them all out. But then you see the next level prayer of Moses. The next level of prayer. You see it in verse 30 of chapter 32. You back up a few verses. The Bible says that verse 30 came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you've sinned a great sin and now I will go up unto the Lord peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive them, forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Now, this is, this is next level prayer. This is intercessory prayer. This is not self-centered, immature praying anymore. But now his praying has reached a whole new level and a prayer of intercession, praying for his people, asking God to forgive them and to preserve them and to not bring the judgment upon them. And so it's, a, it's, it's another level, really, of prayer. You understand that 
Most of us here, if not all of us, are here today because there have been, there have been those that have prayed for us in our life. They've interceded for us. I know I would not be here if it not have been for the prayers of a lot of different people over the years. Uh, people, when I was a young person, who saw that I was, I was influenced and I was, you know, I was going in a direction that was not going to please the Lord, but they, they took me to heart. And uh, they prayed for me, and my mother prayed for me, and other folks that uh, uh, were in my home church, they, they took it on their heart to pray uh, for me, and I'm the product of their intercession. I'm saved today because they interceded, because they were not selfish or immature, only praying about themselves and their own needs, but they took me on their heart. Amen. Paul prayed this kind of a prayer concerning the nation of Israel. Romans chapter 9, verse 9, verse 1, rather, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience, also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. This next level of prayer, praying like Moses is praying here, Paul prayed the same way. He said, I could wish that I was accursed for my brethren, for Israel. His heart's desire was that Israel would come to the Lord and be saved. And thank God that there are those that take it to heart. And I, I just want to encourage you here today. Allow the Lord to mature you and develop you and help you to go beyond just praying about, you know, my problems, my needs, what matters to me, my, my life, my health, my family, my circumstances. Instead of being consumed with that, allow the Lord to mature you and take you beyond that to a level uh, that you are now praying like Moses prayed. Amen. Stepping in and praying for those in their need and ca caring about other people. Amen. All of us are, are no doubt, if you're a Christian today, it's because somebody prayed. Somebody took, took it to heart. They were concerned about you. You had a pastor or you had Sunday school teachers or Christian school teachers or parents or grandparents or you had people that God put you on their heart and they prayed for you. That's praying like Moses prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is intercessory prayer. It's praying for God's intervention on behalf of others. Praying for others. Amen. And I don't mean that you shouldn't pray about your own personal needs or your own situation. I'm not saying that that's not important. It is, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to take our needs to the Lord in prayer, and we should certainly do that. Uh, I'm not suggesting that's not important. I'm just, I just believe that it's a, it's a whole new level of spiritual growth and maturity when you're a person that is willing to take it to heart and to pray and to carry the burden of others and to help them carry their burdens and pray for them. I believe there's great power that comes and great change and transformation that comes 
whenever we pray prayers like Moses. Stephen prayed this kind of a prayer as he was being martyred. Remember when he preached that message, they gnashed on him. They were so angry with what he was saying that they decided to stone him to death. The Bible says they cast him out of the city, stoned him, and the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. That's important. That's significant. Because they stoned Stephen, calling upon God. Here he is, being stoned to death. But at that very time, uh, the most horrible uh, death that Stephen is facing, they stoned him while he is calling on God, saying, Lord, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And I really do believe that Saul, who became Paul the Apostle, he never got over that prayer. He never got over the prayer that Stephen prayed. That was a next level prayer. That was a like Moses prayer. Because he's dying, but he's not thinking about himself. But he's thinking about them. Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. And they're laying their, their coats and their cloaks at the feet of this man Saul, who is a, a, a hater of the church and a persecutor of, of the church. And, and uh, in all of that, Paul is in the crowd and he hears the prayer. And the prayer is powerful because it's not a selfish prayer. It's a prayer for those that are taking his life at that very moment. So Paul, Saul that became Paul, was the instigator and the persecutor. And uh, let me tell you, all the world has felt the impact of that prayer all the world has felt the impact of that prayer because Saul that became this mighty apostle with God uh, and um, uh, most of the New Testament written by him, most of the early missionary work that was done by him and the, the, the promoting of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that day Paul came under the conviction of the Spirit of God. He was convicted because of that intercessory prayer of Stephen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Intercessory prayer is talking to God for men. We can talk to men about God or for God, but even more powerful is to talk to God in behalf of men. Amen. Praise God. That's praying like Moses. I just encourage you today because I know some of you have been praying for friends and loved ones and uh, that uh, need help from the Lord, need to get back to God or need to get saved. You're concerned about them. Well, I want to encourage you because this, this kind of praying is next level praying. It's, it's Moses praying. It's praying like he prayed when he interceded in behalf of, of all of the nation of Israel that God says, I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to get rid of them. They're so full of idolatry. I'm going to start all over with you, Moses. But Moses stepped in. He stepped in between them and the judgment that they deserved. That's what an interceder does. 
when you enter in, when you enter into intercessory prayer, you step in between them and God. You intervene in their behalf, because a lot of times the lost and the backslider and the wayward one and the needy one, their heart's not after God. They're not interested in calling on God. They're not praying to the Lord. They need someone to step in and to make that prayer for them, to intercede in their uh, behalf and to pray for them. Exodus 17 is the account of the children of Israel back sometime before uh, this, this account here in Exodus chapter 30, 32 and 33. Back to Exodus 17, it says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands, when his hands are held up, that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. This is a wonderful example of intercession. The battle was won or lost on the top of that mountain with their hands held up, with his hands held up. Joshua was not going to win the battle against Amalek unless God was intervening. And God was not going to intervene unless Moses' hands were up. And it's, of course, symbolic of the fact that he was trusting God to give them a victory in this battle. And he's a wonderful example in Scripture of someone who intercedes on behalf of a people and intercedes on behalf of those that are in need. The battle was won when his hands were in the air. The battle was lost when his hands were down. And you and I have uh, much more power with God than we could ever, ever dream or imagine if we're willing to pray like Moses prayed. If we're willing to pray a prayer of intercession. Amen. This kind of praying is face-to-face -face praying. This kind of prayer is praying to God like he is your friend. Amen. That you can go to a friend. Have you ever had friends that you knew that if you went to them with any kind of a need? I've got friends I know that if I called them up and said, this is what I need. Could you help me? I know they would do everything in their power to do it, to help me. I know they would. It's wonderful to have friends like that. And that's the relationship that Moses had with God, face-to-face, -face, as friends, communing with each other. That's the kind of prayer that Moses prayed, and he had power with God in that prayer. Amen.
So intercessory prayer is not selfish. It is next level. It's, it's concern about others. It's praying for others. It's being willing to uh, just put yourself and interject yourself in the middle of their situation. I've heard people say, well, they've made their bed. Let them lie in it. It's their fault. They've done this. They are going their way. They're following after sin. They deserve judgment. They deserve to face the things that they're facing. That's not people who pray like Moses. People who, are, who pray like Moses, they see people in their need and they get involved. And I mean, by that I mean, you step in to pray for them. You step in to involve in their situation through intercessory prayer and you call upon the Lord. Amen. And you believe that God is going to give you uh, power uh, to make a difference just like Moses made a difference when his hands were in the air. So will the battle be won whenever we are willing to enter into this next level of prayer. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So it's not just about your determination to prayer, but you're entering into a cooperation with the Spirit of God. You're involving with the heart of God. The Spirit is making intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. That you have the, the blessing of the Spirit of God to empower you whenever you involve in Moses praying. Amen. You have the Spirit of God who will make intercession for you and your weakness and your inability. Whenever you are willing to pray for others in need, the Holy Spirit of God equips you and empowers you to pray this prayer of intercession. Also in Romans 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that he is, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us. Praise God. Whenever you enter, enter into this level of praying. Praying like Moses. Not only... Do you have the power of the Spirit of God to equip you and to empower you to pray this way? But you also uh, understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is seated at the right hand of the Father at this very moment. And He is making intercession for you. Praise God. Amen. And we are just entering into a cooperative uh, partnering with him as we make intercession for those that are in need. Amen. You're not alone in this prayer. When you move into this level of intercessory prayer, then he's praying with you and he's empowering you by the Spirit to pray these prayers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 7 and 25. Wherefore he's able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Be encouraged this morning because I know that, that some of you have taken people, maybe loved ones, family members, 
uh, to heart. You're praying for them, and sometimes you feel like, my prayers aren't getting anywhere. It's not making any difference. Oh, let me tell you, if God can use the dying prayer of Stephen to touch the heart of a young man by the name of Saul and turn him into a Paul and turn him into a mighty apostle for God, then God can use your prayers. Amen. So don't lose heart. Don't, don't be discouraged. When you pray, understand that the Spirit equips you and empowers you to pray these prayers of intercession. And uh, Jesus himself is at the right hand of the Father uh, making intercession. He ever liveth to make intercession as well. So uh, you are not alone in your prayers. Amen. But you're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. So sometimes our prayers may seem weak. They may seem insignificant, even immature and childish, simple little prayers. God can help you just like he helped Moses. Moses developed it. He grew in that fellowship. He grew in that relationship. He grew in that dependence upon God until he was able to pray these mighty prayers to preserve Israel, to save Israel, to stand in the gap for all of Israel and say, Lord, if you're going to wipe them out, then blot my name out as well. I'm telling you, this was a mighty prayer that he prayed that preserved all of Israel from the judgment of God. Hallelujah. Pray like Moses. Amen. Glory to God. Father, thank you for your word today. And I thank you, Lord, that you can encourage us, Lord, in our prayers. That our prayers are not weak, they're not insignificant. But they're mighty through God. Mighty through God. And Lord, you can equip us and empower us to do what you've called us to do. Help us, Lord, to pray in faith and pray believing and uh, to not lose heart. But Lord, to be strengthened uh, in our determination and our resolve to continue to pray for those that are in need those that need to be saved, those that need to be delivered, those that need to be strengthened and encouraged, those that need to be healed, Lord, in Jesus' name.